0: All right, there we go. All right, so we're here this morning talking with uh, Taylor Brooks. He's the head coach at Atascacita. Are you the head coach for Atascacita High School or for I'm, the entire organization?
1: I'm a head coach for Atascacita High School, and I'm the program director for the, uh, for the whole thing. For the whole thing. i the uh, senior
0: year. Excellent. So what interests me about Taylor, and if, and, and if anybody who, who listened to the introduction, one of, one of the things I was trying to accomplish with this podcast was... To assess the state of lacrosse in Houston, but do it with people who would serve multiple roles and span some time frame here in town, right? Yeah. That's the idea. And you're an interesting candidate because you played high school here, right? I think, and we'll get into it, maybe, I don't know how far back, I don't know if you grew up here, but I know you played high school here, yeah. right? At, at, at uh, Sci-Fire Ironman, right? You went off to college, had a college career, now you've come back. You've, you've bumped around a little bit with coaching I know you're still playing men's league right you <laughs> you had an engagement with uh, with the outlaws in the MLL and, and and now you've taken over the coaching duties for a task to, so I think you, you for me you check all the boxes right you've, you've been in the area for a while yeah um, and you've had a lot of different functions and just as we were setting up um, earlier today you had mentioned there was a Ghy meeting last, yes. last night yes. so Thank so we'll so. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll be sure and bring that up later on in the discussion for sure. Uh, always always interested to hear what's going on with GHYLA. So let's rewind and maybe talk about your career all the way up to where you are right now, if that's possible, yeah. right? So let's go all the way back where you started lacrosse here locally and, and just work forward to, to to your current role.
1: You know, uh, I, have a, I have a great um, story of how I started, actually. Um, and it's, and it's like representative of like what the lacrosse community is about, which is very great. So my, uh, my, my family used to move around as a kid all the time. So I lived all throughout Houston, used to go, grew up at like a church, First Presbyterian. Um, and then so it was my mom and my brother and myself. I was going into the fourth grade. Ryan was going into the sixth grade and we had a moving truck and we moved to Cypress. I mean, moving into a cul-de-sac, I hadn't seen a house yet, I knew it was my brother. Right as we turn into the cul-de-sac, we're we're thinking we're going to be moving literally all day, like just us three. It's going to be the worst. My mom's going to be moving everything around like, oh my God. And right when we move in, um, the Cypher Ironmen are having a barbecue and Tyler Kruzan, who's on the team, is one of my neighbors. So we turn the corner and there's like 24 just like studs out there playing lacrosse I've never seen before. And so we move in with the moving truck, we introduce ourselves and all of these guys get together, drop their sticks and they moved in our entire house in like 45 minutes. Then they ended up giving us sticks, my brother and me, and having a catch, and I absolutely fell in love with it.
0: So you didn't, you so, didn't play prior to then. I didn't play prior to then. And, and was, what year was that, give or take?
1: That was I was in fourth grade. So what oh, is that? Wow. Man, I just turned 30 like uh, this past weekend. So it's uh, I don't know. it's like
0: 2001. Yeah, it's
1: <laughs> 2001. <laughs> no, 98 I think something. I'm, I'm getting old, man. But uh, man, it was great. Um, we uh, started playing catch. I remember my very first pass being right on the dime after I missed the ball. Tyler threw me a ball and I had to run all the way down the street and get it. He, th- I threw it back to him, like a nice 30 yard pass. It was riding on the money and he was like, man, you're natural. And then it just like, a little spark, you know? That's I was like, awesome. Oh, I've of my life now, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. So, you know, for a while, you know, I'm out in Cyprus now in like the late 90s, early 2000s, and there's no middle school lacrosse anywhere. And so I did sign a waiver. This guy came in his van. That's how it was back then. He came in like a van with like uh, with with, uh, with equipment, and he like fitted me out, and everything was way too big because they obviously don't even have little guys stuff, right? So I signed a waiver, and uh, I was able to practice with the Ironmen until we actually established a middle school team when I was in sixth grade. So so the
0: Ironmen at that point was just a high school team. It's just a high school team. All right. You was know, a club high school team. All
1: right. So they they go out there. I get to do the stick drills, and then I remember one drill they used me as a pick guy. I was just a little guy and he seems to pick guy and some of these guys are running through me, you know, and I I get respect though. Like, you know, the coach is hey, yeah, like, a little awesome. Guy. You know, standing <laughs> up, you know, so I kept going and uh, you know, uh, a few of the uh, few of the younger brothers of some of the boys on the team, we got together, our moms got together and there was six of us our first year on the middle school team. And we didn't have a name or anything, and we go to our, our first games is a tournament in Dallas, six of us went, and we played with the Allen Eagles. They like let us join in with them. So then we came back and they're like, hey, what do you guys wanna name the team? Uh, we'll leave it up to you guys. And so there's the Iron Men already. Then we decided to stay with the Eagles because we had such a good time. So then we went Iron Eagles. And that's actually where that name comes
0: from. That's a good story. You know, I never knew that, where that, I you know, never one one that name came exactly. <laughs> from. You know, I'm coaching now
1: with the Atascacita Eagles. And so I brought yeah, the yeah. Iron Eagles with me for our middle school program. So those kids are like, you know, and the red, white, and blue, just like we were. So they don't want the same painting as I did back in the very day. Very cool. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then after that, you know, it, it started up. Um
0: Tell me about high school. Let's jump to the high, your high school career, right? Yeah. Because that's the part I know. I actually think, I was trying to think, so I knew you just t- turned 30, and I was looking at the calendar the other day, before, you know, as I was getting ready for this, and I was trying to figure out, okay, he's 30. I was thinking, man, I may have seen him play in high school, right? Maybe. <laughs> so, So, yeah, tell me, about, t- tell me about high school.
1: Oh, man, high school was great. Um, you know, in middle school, we were really blessed. And this is something I think we'll get into later on, is good coaches at the youth level. A lot, of, a lot of you know, a lot of the coaches at the time in that middle school level um, was run by a bunch of dads, and you know, the coaching was was not that good. Well, we had old Keith Tenna. He was my very first middle school coach, and you're gonna have a podcast with him later. He's one of the legends. Of yeah, yeah. Um, by the time we're in eighth grade, we scrimmage our JV team. We beat them by ten, and so we knew we were gonna be something in high school. Right, freshman year comes around. We all stick around the JV. Um, I did a dive shot. I made the varsity team, did a dive shot, broke my collarbone, I was out all freshman year. So that was a big bummer. Um, All my boys in the JV team, they all went undefeated, they killed it, so we're really, really looking to a sophomore year campaign. Sophomore year comes around, we all get together, everything's great, and we go to our program's second state championship appearance ever. So we went to state that year as a sophomore, um, we lost the Klein in the state championship, and that was the fourth time we played them that year. We beat them three times prior. Of course, they, of course, we get matched up in the state championship. They got the wild card. That's a, that's
0: a lot of times to play uh, a team. It was, man. it was
1: brutal. It was brutal. So you know, it's, so we lost that one. We go back junior year. Uh, we go sixteen and three, win a state championship. Um, I believe that's still the last time a D two team has from Houston has won a state championship. It was two thousand seven when we won It's it. entirely possible. I don't think there's been another. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Um, and then, you know, hey, we keep going. That was my junior year. Um, I got some All-State honors. I was an All-State midfielder. And uh, next year, senior year, we went 18-0 to the state championship and we lost to the Highland Park team that we beat the year previous. And then that Highland Park team went to win state at the D1 level two years in a row. So that team was really good. Gotcha. Um, I think all in all, we lost eight games, eight games in four years that Cypher team um, it, was, it was really good man high school was a lot of fun it was it was good seeing the the game grow Cypher at the time we, we had a lot of kids we had kids from side Creek Cy Fair, side Falls. even Langham didn't have a team at the time so we had two kids from Langham we had a few kids from Magnolia so we were we were pretty cool. big
0: how do you remember I mean, it sounds like the coaching experience at the high school level was 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 positive right so I'm curious about your, that, that experience with coaching at the high school level back then. And then you also touched on a little bit, you were dragging boys from all these different schools, right? Yeah, yeah. So so back then, was it was it really the Wild West as it relates to administering the, the league and these teams? Or, or do, you, do you remember?
1: I, I, I do remember. And it kind of was the Wild West. And, you know, we got a lot of flack for that because we had so many kids from all the other schools. But, you know, when you look back at it, we only had, you know, 11 kids from Cypher High School. And then we had another eight from Cy Creek. So there's no way we could have had our own team, you know. So I mean, it kind of was a wild west, and uh, you know, now you go out there and you see you got Bridgeland, you got say Woods, you got Langham Magnolia. Um, it just wasn't that big yet, you know. And uh, you know, when it comes to my high school coach, Coach Wilkie, he was he was awesome. He's we all loved him. He's the greatest guy ever, you know. He didn't necessarily uh, know the X's and O's, like uh, you know maybe KT or, or someone else who's been around, you know, from Long Island or something. But man, right. the guy. Uh, The guy made us the fastest, the strongest, and most disciplined. You know, we're not dropping the ball, you know, so it worked out. He
0: must have had some impact because he's your assistant coach now, right?
1: Well, and and a big part of our success also in high school is that I was able to play with the same group since sixth grade. So we would known, you know, I know my command about to back cut somebody or George is going to win the faceoff or going fast break, you know, and so that was a big part. And now you see that a lot today. If you don't have a feeder program, you basically, you know, um, you basically screwed in terms of, you know, longevity and how, how you're going to win, um, down the road. You need, you need a youth program. Fortunate enough, back in the day, we had one before a lot of people did and that really helped our success Right. Yeah. later on for sure.
0: So how did you go from, you know, admittedly the wild west of Houston lacrosse back then to college?
1: Oh yeah, man. That was, that was crazy. Um, I knew, so. So Mikey Powell is the reason I started lacrosse. He's uh, he's a uh, Syracuse great uh, for the people who don't know him. He's he's probably the in my opinion the greatest college lacrosse player of all time. You know, better than Lyle, but I anyway, never he he changed the game. And what I noticed from him is that he's a uh, he's like 5'6, 150 pounds. Right. I was a small guy. My brother played football. He didn't do that well cuz he was my size, always getting beat up, and I'm like I want to I want to score goals and, you know, not get tackled. So um, he was—he's a huge reason um, why I started playing the game. Um, what was your question? I totally forgot. The one. You just oh, said. just
0: how you got from the, the the Wild West of Houston lacrosse back then into college, right? How did you? Oh, how yeah, did you? How right. did you get to yeah, college? How yeah, did you sure land did. where you did, and then just kind of build off that about your college career? I
1: forgot I was going into Mikey Powell, and I forgot I was <laughs> going into that. So, and I always wanted to go play at Syracuse. I wanted to be Michael little. I'm going to be number 22 on the chest. So I went to Syracuse camps. I went to Syracuse camp and I forgot who it was. Someone had told me someone went to go play college ball off of Ironman. And he was like, yeah, no one's going to come recruit you down here. You have to go find where you want to go. I was like, I want to play Syracuse. I'm going to dream high. You know, I'm going, D one. Let's do it. You know. <laughs> and so I went every year. Um, and while I'm, while I'm at the Syracuse camp, uh, you know, the LeMoyne coaches there, they're in Syracuse. Clarkson was there. Nazareth's there. And they come and check out kids, you know, so. Well, when I went up there a few years, um, I, got, I got a few looks. I ended up my junior year taking um, a big five-day college trip to uh, Syracuse, then LeMoyne. I went to Clarkson right after that, and I went to Nazareth. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a, I knew I wanted to go up to New York to play as the hotbed. You know? Yeah, yeah. So um, LeMoyne College, they offered me a, a big scholarship. Um, it's a smaller school. I really enjoyed it. And uh, Coach Sheehan up there is Hall of Fame. Uh, New York State Hall of Fame and National Hall of Fame lacrosse. Um, at the time, he had won like three or four national championships, and uh, and, I, and I really liked it. You know, the, the school was beautiful. Is I like small classes. You know, and I never really thought I'd want to go D two, but uh, in the end, I was very happy I did. You know, we lost, we lost like five games in four years. I got to play in two national championships in 09 and 2010. Um, 2010, I actually scored and became the first native. Houstonian to score a national championship which is a is a February issue of lacrosse magazine I couldn't believe it uh Stacy McKay she's the one that found it yeah yeah. uh, I was so happy Uh, my mom's got like 10 of those magazines at home Uh, that's awesome that's something you gotta put on a resume it was pretty neat so you know I I got lucky with that I, I got lucky with Lemoine um you know it's even today with recruiting, which we'll probably get into later, it's just so it's so hard for these Texas kids to get looks, you know. It was even harder yeah, back is. then. So, you know, as, as as we're looking at my highlights with Sheehan on, like, recruiting day, he's looking at, like, Michael May and my other meeting. He's like, where's he going? Like, right, George and Justin Castle, the D guy, and Travis Tabb, you know. And so he's just uh, – he wanted us all. But it's- well, that's what
0: happens is – I and I've seen it firsthand, right? These college coaches, they, you know, they make contact and – Former relationship with one player like you, right? And then that just kind of branches out, yeah, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, they're seeing your film and they're seeing other boys on that same film, and they're like, "Hey, who's that?" Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he wanted several,
1: but you know, I kind of, I kind of had the lacrosse bug more than more than my other you know buddies. You know, they they like to stay at a and you know uh, play at MCLA, which is fantastic. You know? Right. Like my buddy uh, Michael Mann went to Sam Houston and became the third all-time MCLA points leader all time. He was like four hundred yeah. points, something like that. He had a great time, you know. Um, having to wake up at five AM, do a workout, go to school, go to your practice, do another workout, and then do homework. I actually I actually enjoyed it. I was I was uh, Man, I was, you gotta get your day organized, right? You it's do. structured. You do, you do. And I like <laughs> yeah. it structured, you know. Yeah. It's uh it, it's good stuff. It is.
0: So how did you when you wrapped up your career at Lemoyne, how did how did you end up back here in Houston?
1: So I came down, I needed a, I needed a, to finish school. So um I made a deal with San Houston and LeMoyne, basically, um, so I didn't have to go back to LeMoyne in the fifth year and pay pay ridiculous tuition, because I didn't have a scholarship at that point, you know, right. I playing, um, I said, hey, can I take uh, the two classes that I need to graduate, to finish at, at San Houston, just kind of count them as LeMoyne classes, so I have to come back, they agreed, so I went to Sam Houston and finished those two classes in 2013, and that's my first year of coaching, actually. Um, was with Jim Parawdi. He was the head coach. I was the offensive coordinator for the San Houston State. That year we went as high as number two in MCLA national national rankings. We beat Palm Beach Atlantic, we went to Florida that year. Um, we beat Elon, which is number eleven. Uh, we went to national championships in Greenboro that year, which is fantastic.
0: I think and I think uh, if I if I remember my local lacrosse lore properly, that's the year of the big fight with you and University of Houston that left Steve-O bloodied, as I recall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that
1: that was good. That was a a championship game, which was actually televised locally, which is pretty neat. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah. I I remember Steve-O coming off the uh, – so I was at that game. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Steve-O – that game got really chippy at the end, right? And I remember Steve-O coming off the field, and he just – he got clocked. Dude. He also he,
1: had a, like a YouTube little highlight where he did it behind the back. And you know Evan Freed, he's a D guy. Uh, he completely turned his head around and then Steve-O scored it. It went viral for like two days. Oh, that's crazy. awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> that, that same, same game. Right after that, he made a head-on collision, Steve was bloody all over the face. Oh, very it was, cool. It was really neat, yeah.
0: So you landed at Sam. Yeah. And I, were you there just that one season? Just that one season.
1: Okay. Yeah, I just had to finish school. I actually stayed a little later just just for a little more fun cuz I had not really experienced college like that, you know. Hun-
0: Huntsville's a different creature. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very different creature. I was, glad I was
1: there for a year, but I'm never going back. <laughs> I'm I see you're saying Houston. I get you. I still have with the team though. I sent a couple of my Tostita boys there recently. You know. Yeah. So
0: my son's going there, right? And, cool. he, and he's up there oh, stirring right. the pot, that's trying to right. trying to get something organized. Yeah, like, yeah, who absolutely. knows if it'll ever if it'll, it'll it'll ever happen? Hopefully, though. Yeah. Yeah. So after Sam, I think maybe that's where my story picks up with you, because I I'm, I think if I remember correctly. First time I met you here in Houston in a coaching role, I think you were coaching for John Parody at Episcopal briefly, weren't you?
1: Yes, I was. Um, I went to I had went to Emory in two thousand fourteen. Okay, all right. And I wanted to take my hand at this. At this time, I knew I wanted to coach and, and, and do it, you know, full, full right. time and do that. I knew I was going to have to be an assistant coach and work work hard to get up the ranks, you know. Um, and I went to Emory Emory Weiner. Um, small private school down here. Uh, and I taught, I taught there as well and I found out I did not like teaching. Oh my gosh. I did it for a year. Uh, I got that under my belt, but it was, it was the worst. You know, it, I wanted to be, uh, I was the offensive coordinator with, uh, Jim Prouty there, John. Right. So, yep. You know, I followed Jim to Emory. He got me the job there. Um, you know, the lacrosse coaching became teaching first for eight hours a day and then coaching. And I just, I just couldn't handle that. So, um, after that, I left and went to Episcopal and became the defensive coordinator. Flip sides on that with with John, Jim's brother. Gotcha. And uh, I think yeah. I remember playing with you at like men's league. That's like the, one of the first times we had met. Honestly.
0: It could be, man. <laughs> it was feels like forever ago, yeah, right?
1: Shit,
0: shit. <laughs> yeah, sure. So let's fast forward to where you are now at Atascocita. I know a little bit about the history of a task because I think there was a little bit of a history before you arrived there. There was. I, I think. So I'm curious if you could tell me about that history before you arrived, and then, you know, and and maybe, you know, your coaching experience there and all, but also dig into a little bit about the organization, right? Kind of how they spun up, what's working, what's not, right? Yeah. D- dig into that administrative aspect as well.
1: Yeah. So, so to start off with that, I was at, I was at Emory, and I went to Pissable, I was at SciFair, and and then I was at Kingwood with Chris Arnold and Mike Block. Um, I remember Chris Arnold, Yeah, right? yeah. I, I still talk to
0: Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Anyway, so uh, I'm there, offensive coordinator, and finally uh, Chris was the guy. He called me when he he had left Kingwood, and uh, I'm looking for a head coaching job at this point. I've been an assistant coach for four years. I'm ready to take the next step. Um, he uh, he called me and says, "Hey, this new program right south of Kingwood needs needs a head coach, and I think you'd be perfect for it." The people who are trying to hire you are fantastic. Their names are the Doxies. Um, the Doxies now started. They played for Kingwood, but and there were several kids at the time who played for Kingwood or in Tascacita, But such a good right. drive, we need to make a new team. Um, this young man named Jacob Doxy uh, basically got a bunch of his buddies who wanted to come try it and did a try lacrosse day at, at Tascosa. To his surprise, about thirty kids came out like crazy. Tascosa, we have a lacrosse team now. So. That year, I think it was 2000 and, uh, oh boy, I've been there for like three years now. I think I started in 2016. Yeah, 2014 was their first year. They, uh, he contacts Mike Ornsby and says, hey, we want to make a team? And this is, you know, THSLL is here. Um, he says, yeah, but you know, you guys are a brand new team. There's D1, D2. You guys will be Division two, and you are not playoff eligible. You know, like, like a brand new team can make the playoffs anyways, you know, so...
0: Just to make sure you really know your place, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, so as you and I know, starting a brand new lacrosse team with no players is like the hardest thing ever. It's painful. You had Jacob Doxey, who's all lefty, and he's dodging three guys, getting goals, you know. Um, I wasn't there at the time, so that was with uh, Randy Block, Mike Block's younger right. brother. Yeah, Randy yeah. was their coach the first two years. Um, and also Justin Summers was there as well. Um so those guys, those guys did a, the hardest job, I think. They did a great job. They, you know, you get beat up the first two years. I think they won two games the first two years. But, you know, what, what, what are you supposed to What are you going to gonna do? Yeah, exactly. Right. So they did the hard stuff. They get beat <clears throat> up. Um, the next year, so they were there for two years. 2014, 2000, uh, 2015, I think it was. 2016, I come in as head coach first year. Um, I'm beyond excited for this opportunity. Um, I'm program director, so I'm part of my job at this time, we have about 24 high school boys and that's it in the entire program. So there
0: wasn't, at that point, there wasn't anything below you, there just, just that me. varsity team. So
1: that first year we make a, uh, fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth grade team as well. And I go to the schools and I recruit, I do PE classes, that type of thing. And we get enough to where we have a fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth.
0: So when you were doing that, that recruiting and that outreach, was that just a function of you as the coach? Were there board members, other folks in the organization involved? Was there, and I know the answer to this, but, you know, the GHYLAs or the THSLLs of the world, was, was anybody providing, or U.S. lacrosse, were any of those guys providing support for you or was that just a function of Taylor going out to schools and preaching the word?
1: Well, and, and the interesting part about this is, you know, I, I, I wanted to coach. I didn't want to have a job. And then come and coach. I didn't want to do all that. So I made myself available. Like, guys, I want I'd like to be I'd like to be paid full-time and work full-time for this program to build it. And you know, as as we work, um, you know, I I can make more towards my goal and we can build as a program. And so that that happened, and it was it's actually it's actually been great ever since. So, you know, I I went to the schools all day and I did awesome. PE classes. Um, US Across was actually a huge help. We reached out to those guys. Hey, we're a new program. They sent us balls. They sent us nets. They sent us lacrosse sticks. So did
0: they send you, I mean, did, did, did they give you a curriculum that that you in turn took to the school with all of that equipment? Or did you build that curriculum and work with the PE teachers I, I yourself? Built, I built the curriculum. Okay. That's a
1: good question. Built the curriculum. I, uh, I got with the teachers. And mainly that was the teachers just kind of sitting back and watching, you know, PE teachers, like, oh, the coach is going to come in for eight hours today and coach my classes, you know, of course, so all of them are like, yeah, come in like that, come in <laughs> like that, and it works for me, too, you know, I'm passing out papers at the same time, I bring my speaker with me, kids get real energized for it, right? Uh, and it's a simple stuff, you know, hey, here's how you catch and pass, we're going to do hungry hippos, put the balls in the middle, let's get the ground ball, hey, you know, yeah. team with the most balls at the end wins, and then, hey, you got your uh, school logo on the gym right there, we're going to see who can shoot hard and hit it, you know, and, um, the board is do a good job of, uh, they made me little lanyards that went a long way. We give all the kids a lanyard, give yeah, them all cool. a little card. Um, hey, if you're one of the, you know, get in the back of the gym, you're one of the first guys to hit the emblem, I'll give you this the lacrosse shirt, you know, type of thing. So, so
0: it sounds like the, the critical piece of it at that point was really just the freedom you had because it was your full time gig.
1: What was? Right. Yeah.
0: So this is your full time gig. You know, they're paying you accordingly and it's giving you the freedom to go pound the pavement at schools and, and lay that groundwork.
1: And I think that's been such a huge part of the growth out of Atosca right now. There's no doubt that we're one of the, if not the fastest growing team in the city yep. right now. We, yeah, yeah. we have to be. You know, uh, just just two days ago, Kelly Stoddard, my youth president, did a try lax for Free thing, right? And we've done it before. We maximum had like 30 kids come out. Well, we had 100 kids come out the other day. I don't know if I told you today. A hundred kids come out
0: outstripping your capacity, man. Yeah,
1: fifty-five kids say they're interested, and we've already had thirty sign up. That's awesome. From kindergarten to eighth grade. It's yeah, insane. Awesome. And it's only getting bigger and bigger. But you know, I attribute that to to early Toscacia, and this is the doxies, the people that hired me, they, they went out on a limb. Of course they did their homework and made sure I was the right guy for it, but right. they understood that if they had a guy who could go to these schools and and I know my stuff, you know, and coach the right lacrosse and get everyone excited and play music and be positive, which is really big nowadays, Right. You know, um, that we can grow this program. And since we've been able to grow that, you know, we've been able to grow in money and size and, and being able to do um, bigger things, which has been huge.
0: So how does that differ from, if you go back to the Iron Eagles and the Iron Men, and I'm, and I'm not trying to run down the Iron Eagles and Iron Men and no, the administration no. of that by any no. stretch, right? But just as a comparison, Right, it, it it sounded like back in the day, right? It was a little more organic, right? You mentioned the guy in his van <laughs> yeah, out there fitting equipment, right? Really did, um, yeah. You know, and and now you know nowadays, here we are, you know, trying to develop relationships with school boards and and PE teachers, right? So oh, yeah. I'm I'm curious about about that difference. I mean, clearly the. It was successful with the Iron Eagles and the Iron Men,
1: right? Yeah, and I, you know, I think we got lucky. You know, that was a specific uh, that, was, that was that was a specific thing. You know, we had just been lucky enough to. I had been lucky as a kid to to find a group of guys who wanted to stay with it and play hard. Like we all right. wanted to go Division One, which is which is great. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and that's that's what you need. You know, you, you see kids, you see a lot of kids who just want to play to play and have fun yeah. and stuff. But we got we got lucky. Um, Nowadays, you gotta, you know, it's a little different. You know, kids play outside a little less. You gotta go after them a little bit more. Um, you know, what's funny is we had this U.S. lacrosse uh, lacrosse meeting uh, last night with the GHYLA. U.S. lacrosse came down. That's uh, Lou uh, Lou Corsetti. He's our uh, he's our rep. Um, he came down. He said that football across the nation is just dropping okay. the football participation. Mm-hmm. You know, you see all this the, the hitting and when to, you don't see a football game without someone getting injured, right? Right, right. You know, not everyone's kid is 6'6", 250 either, you know. And he said also that lacrosse is jumping up. More kids are playing. Um, I think throughout the years we've seen that increase. You know, more kids are wanting to play lacrosse, and so uh, we're able to reach out to them a little easier nowadays. And, you know, just as long as we can keep the cost down, I think kids will come out.
0: So I think, I think we do see more kids playing, but – from my perspective, it's not like, in general, the Houston area, the sport in Texas. But I think what I see are people like you, right, and the Doxies, you know, taking up the flag of lacrosse, right, and, and, and driving that participation, yeah. right? And, and the, the problem is it's so personality-centric, right, for you or the, the Doxies or whoever. As soon as you move on or they move on, their kid graduates, right, you just, there's example of example of these teams that have done well and they've been driven by these families or these organizations. And when those families or those orgs change, right, they just evaporate.
1: Yeah. Right. And, and you've seen that. And it, that's, that's, uh, you know, it stings when that happens. You know, you have one, you have one person who, who's running the program great. I mean, it could even be a board member, which we've right, seen in the past. Right. Even, the, even the Ironman, when I was in high school, we had, uh, uh, Mr. Staff was the greatest president ever, did everything for the coaches and everything. Um, you know, it's, 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 you see parents who who like to get really, in, like, almost too involved, you know. A big reason, a big reason why I love my job so much over Tascacia, to too, is that um, they have total trust in me as program director, which is huge. You know, you should, too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, it yeah, causes yeah, problems. You absolutely. Know? So, you know, I do have my board. You know, I answer to my president, Kim uh, Bresnahan. You know, I have to ask her, go through stuff. You know, there's, there's checks and balances there, but. Ultimately when I went to Tasca I'm like, hey, this is how we need to do things. You know, I can't have board members telling me, no, you can't, you can't do that. You know. Right. I tell them, hey, if we're gonna change this around, we're gonna need if we wanna make this varsity program a state championship contender, which I think now today we, we are, we're yeah. gonna be up there. Yeah. Um, you gotta you gotta trust me. So hey, not everyone at this varsity level is gonna be playing. The best players are gonna play. Right. You know, I've had parents come up to me and say, Hey coach, we should have we should have scantrons and we should put, Hey, can your kid catch lefty on the scantron? And he checks it. And if they all check the scantron, they'll make varsity. I'm like, you're hey, crazy. You are nuts. That's never going to happen. You know? And, but you know, you have other people in other programs. That
0: who, sounds so familiar. Yeah,
1: you, know, you have other people in these programs who, who do that and they have to abide by it. Right. I'm, just, I'm like, no, hell no. That's yeah. not going to happen. You know? Yeah, that's um, wild. So they give me the freedom and they, they've given me the trust and the respect to be able to build the program um, kind of how I, I told them I was, you know, years ago.
0: So what's, what's the value or importance of your relationship or the organization's relationship at the high school level with the school district or the individual high schools? That
1: is, that's, that's a good question. That's something we've been working really hard with the high school um, the high school board, the president, or whoever it is, the principal. Um, so for the first two years before I got there, evidently they just wouldn't even talk to us. Um, you know they had a play lacrosse thing day one time out in the school, and they had a, one of the school officials come out and basically kick him out. We're at a point now where last year Atascosa got brand new turf, and they're letting us use it once a week, and it was kind of a trial thing. This year we're hoping to get it two three times a week. Um, their football coach, it took me it took me probably two years to get a hold of this guy, but now that he's done, and I've talked to him. I went out and did a little lacrosse thing at one of their football practices at the end and of course we had three four boys come up and you know very interested two of them joined up um it's 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 a slow process and it's something you got you have to do though you know
0: but have, have you discovered during the course of that creating that relationship with the high school for me when i've done that in the past and i've done that a couple times it's it's a it's a very uneven relationship right the school district has the lights? They have the fields, oh, right? right? They've got the boys. The football coach has all the boys sequestered in a dark room somewhere, sure right? And, and and you're going into this relationship saying, "Please, just throw me some crumbs, man." Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, I'm sure you found that experience, true. The you know the same in a Tascita. But h- how did you get from there to where you are now, right?
1: Oh boy, well, again, it's just persistence, man. It's uh. It's like, you know, you start off getting whatever you can get, like you say, you know, and I I consider us pretty lucky. You know, I'm fortunate to have a president of Tassia High School who who knew who Jim Brown is, who played lacrosse and loves him, you know. And so he gave me that. And I was like, okay, this guy, this guy's probably in, you know. Right, right. Um, The football coaches, you know, once we get warm with them, you know, they're like, yeah, lacrosse is cool. You know, they and a big part of that, too, was getting that home field. And so when we got that home field at Tosita High School, all of a sudden our first home game, we see the pres, uh, the, the principal out there, the football coach right. out there, the athletic director, and they're seeing And all of a sudden we went a big game there, and they're like, cool, you know, yeah. Yeah, you guys can come back here and practice type of thing. And just, But if there's one piece of trash on the turf, we're kicking you off. You know, so <laughs> you know, like we got – there's rules, there's restrictions uh, there, right. you know. But, but like, that,
0: that speaks to that unequal relationship, right? Is, it because Because they don't take that same tactic – would sanction sports. Well, and at, right? at LeMoyne,
1: you know, I, I watched programs like West Jenny up in Syracuse, New York. I didn't like that. It's like they're, it's like they're starting, you know, uh, right. football players out there and the, the head coach for the football teams out there cheering them on and, you know, right. it's uh, that's, 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 that's what, that's what I want. That's what I want. But when are we going to get there? I don't know. I think UIL is going to be the big step that, that causes that, uh, that separation to, you know, close up a little bit. Because um, that's what they have up there. They have the Northeast. They have right. all the support and they have the want to do that. It's a, it's a total culture thing. You know, down here you've got three sports and that's, you know, football and it's uh, baseball and then spring football. You know, and that's just how it is. You know? And seven. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and You don't need any of your lacrosse, you know, ruining my sevens. You yeah, know? So, yeah, absolutely. You know, but for the kids who have come out, every single one of the kids. Every single one of the football kids has come out They all said, I wish I joined earlier. Every single yeah, that's one. That's awesome. We, we had this kid, Luke, two years ago come out. He played in the fall. His first year, his last year, as a senior, his mom wanted him to try something different. He came out in the fall, learned to catch and pass and do all that stuff. And by the end of the season, he was my uh, honorably mentioned All State pole. His very first year that's as awesome. an LSN. And he's just wishing he could play. And I'm like, man, tell your friends. Well, know well, it, right? You know,
0: right? Yeah, I was... You know, funny you mentioned that. I, I didn't start playing, so I'm about to be 49. I didn't start playing until I was 37. Really? Something like that. What? And I always tell people, man, I wish I'd had this sport
1: when I was a kid, right?
0: Because this is all I would have yeah. done, man. Yeah, no, I, I, know. <laughs> I truly dig it, like, yeah. you know, I've been
1: playing over like 20 years at this point, and I just hit 30. You know, I started when I was 8 years old, so I got real lucky, you know. Yeah, Whatever that's was awesome. 8 or 10, you know, so. Well,
0: that's one thing I think. I, it's one thing I, we don't talk enough about here in the Houston area is there's not that generational handoff of the sport yeah. from dads and uncles mm-hmm. to sons and nephews. Uh, a big one. Right? Yeah. Um, everything's new and no one understands it and they don't know how to introduce it and they're scared of it. Just the other day I was, I was at a, a 3D tryout and off to the side I saw a dad playing catch you know, he had the baseball glove, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's, there's not that generational thing that hands it off to your kid right here. And I, I just, I wonder if we're going to reach that point, if we've reached that point where there is that generational handoff. and well, you know, I, I think a
1: lot of that too is, uh, you know, you saw it with, we saw it in Denver, you know, one, right when Denver University became a D, D1 program and then then Bill Tierney came out right. and won national championship with them. Lacrosse in Denver exploded. It was already going that way, but right. that was the tipping point. You know, we have Southwestern down here, which is D3, yep. which is nice. It's in Austin, you know, kind of far, you know, for you to drive. But, you know, I think that's going to be a huge thing when schools start, once um, all the NCAA starts coming down south, and all of a sudden, you know, UT gets a lacrosse program. Do you want a lacrosse program? It's game over.
0: How, how do you think that's related to the – Sanctioning of the sport by UIL and THSLL, right? So, you know, are there in your mind is there an order to this? Hey, are we going to see? Oh man, UT and SMU and what's the other one I always hear about? Just uh, uh, went the one in Dallas.
1: Uh, anyway, New Dallas or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, there's. Are are we waiting for some of those big dominoes to fall, and then we'll see school sanctioning, and then maybe we'll see a, a governing body. <laughs> Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> not to throw dispersions at THSLL. but or are we going to see it sanctioned at the high school level and then see it explode at the college level?
1: I think it's going to be the latter on that one. Um, you know, I was talking to Lou, the U.S. lacrosse rep, last night. The reason it's not UIL right now is all the east and central Texas have a cross, but no one in west. You know, interesting about that though is I'm reaching out to teams to do my schedule, and I have teams from Odessa in Permian reaching out to me right now. So that's good. There's
0: a, there's a team, I think in Midland and they actually play a schedule in New Mexico.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're not school sponsored. Yeah, but yeah. We, we run it like a serious program. Like right. that's awesome to hear, you know? So I didn't even know they have a cross out there, but those guys are the ones that have to get, uh, you know, have to have to vote on it. Basically. So they're basically the ones like right. holding us back a little bit. But I think coming back to your question, I think it will come school first. And I think then, it'll be UIL, and then all of a sudden, as we get bigger, a ton more recruits come out. You know, maybe a few more uh, colleges in the West get D one, at USC or something, uh, which is coming soon. I think. Um, I think. I think it'll trickle down. One of these teams. One of these teams will happen. What?
0: What do you think THSLL's role is in that UIL effort?
1: Oh, THSLL, I think is right now it's it's like a guideline. It's because you know. THSLL makes us abide by the UIL, UIL rules, majorly, You know, hey, if you're if you're, loose, if you're loosely, loosely, you know. Well, I think they have to do it loosely, right? I, yeah. I, I think you have to. You know, you have one kid, like one of my best players, Bryce Washington, goes to Summer Creek. You know, if we were UIL, he wouldn't be playing for us, right? now. Right. You know, so you know, there's some things you have to do, but um, THSLL is that guideline. Hey, you you have to maintain your grades. Without THSLL, we probably wouldn't have that type of thing. You know, and they make it to where. We personally have to follow all of the Tosca rules, anyways, right. you know, under our bylaws. So I think it's a good, uh, I think THSL is a good step in, stepping stone towards UIL right now.
0: Well, it's, it's a stepping stone and it's a framework that's UIL like. Yes. Right? That's how I was getting at, yeah. But what can THSL do proactively to, to make us a sanctioned sport?
1: Oh, boy. To make us a sanctioned sport? That's a, that's a good question, man. Again, you know the problem is out out west where there's no lacrosse. You know, if they if they really want to make a sanctioned sport, then we'd be we'd be focused on growing growing more teams in Texas. That's what I think because that's what's ultimately you're gonna need.
0: Yeah, which is a you know, for me right now, I, I feel like we're almost too focused on growing just teams rather, yeah. rather than talent and players. Yeah. Okay. And and you see from you know what I see are are teams taking the field that that aren't. Aren't interesting teams, yeah, right? And if I'm somebody walking by and I take a look at that, I'm like, "Ah, yeah, So you know, I wonder if the if THSL doesn't have a role in maybe, you know, consolidating players and talent on some of these teams that have existed or or the teams that are flourishing like yours, right? And developing talent and then pushing them back out to schools and then going UIL, right? Or some something like that, right?
1: it's it's hard. You know, one one thing is nobody wants to start a new team. <laughs> no. I mean, I mean ha- having it, done it, I can <laughs> it's, 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 it's not that nobody wants to start one, but everyone knows it's going to be a lot of hard work, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. Teaching you know, you you've you coached across forever, teaching teaching kids how to catch and passes, you know. It gets it gets old after a while. You it know. does. But uh, uh, you know, it's it's it's, it's it's a lot of hard work. And I think it's gonna take a lot of voluntary hours for people going out of their way and making this happen. Kind of how Jacob Doxy did um, when starting at Tascosa. He took all the punches. They got beat up forever. Right. But now we can't wait. You know, hopefully we go to a, a Final Four this year. You know, maybe a state championship. Who knows? It's well, you're, big... you're
0: gonna have to beat Magnolia first. Well,
1: I haven't done that yet. but we'll, we'll get... <laughs> We're looking,
0: we're trying. We should have had you guys last year. Yes, you should have. So you mentioned uh, the GHYLA GHYLA meeting last night. You mentioned U.S. lacrosse. Um, Historically, you know, through my 11 years or whatever it's been that I've been engaged here locally, Mm -hmm. there hasn't been a real big U.S. lacrosse presence. Um, Yeah, I think there's those one-off examples, right? Got some sticks, got some support, but I think, you know, more broadly, I don't know that I've seen a lot of U.S. lacrosse presidents. Your experience may be different, mm-hmm. which I think is important if, if you want to speak to that. But I'm I'm interested what their participation was last night at the GHYLA meeting, and maybe if there was something that came out of that that kind of gave you a clear vision for what they're going to what U.S. lacrosse is going to be doing moving well, forward. Well,
1: they they actually, they actually surprised me. You know, when when people think U.S. lacrosse, I think they automatically think insurance company. You know. <laughs> They're like, oh, if I if I turn my ACL, then they're gonna pay for it. Yeah, and exactly. Just, <laughs> which is part of what they do, and they're actually really, really good at that. You know, right. Um, just some, just some, just some facts. People that know, you know, U.S. lacrosse insurance covers a broken windshield at practice. It covers uh, a broken jaw at practice. It covers a lot of different stuff. You know, even uh, he made an example of one of the coaches got hit in the in the jaw or the head uh, a week ago somewhere in the Midwest, and uh, lacrosse, he ended up paying like five hundred out of pocket. Oh, wow! coach out like a tournament, which is fantastic. But um, to, get, to get to your point, um, uh, U.S. Lacrosse, uh, they surprised me. So right now, a lot of the teams around the Houston area just don't know. We're, we're one of the only teams that has taken advantage of this is uh, they offer grants. If you call them, they have a guy full-time to come down and teach lacrosse at your schools in your area. And they'll also give them sticks, a little three-by-three goal, and balls. And they'll come down and do the class for free, so oh, wow. a big part. Uh, you know, uh, it was it was Kelly, Kelly, my youth president, or it was Kim, my uh, our uh, overall president. Um, they called and said, "Hey, could you come down and try one of these? Do one of these trilax things?" And then we reached out to all the teachers in our area. I made mean, fifty-seven teachers show up to get grants. That's awesome. For us across, and they all got grants. We I showed up there. I think the guy's name was Joe. And Joe and myself, uh, we just did a little demonstration and we basically showed them how to do a PE class with the cross. I told, I showed up cars, Hey, I'll be at all of you PE classes. I'll do the whole class for you. And, um, that right there was so huge in our growth as a program that no one else takes advantage of. All they yeah, got to do is call the guys and they'll come down for free. Um, they, their goal is to really help the growth. They want more members. Yeah, of, of course they do. And that's how, you know, that's how they make yeah, money. Yeah. So, which is great, you know? <clears throat> um but yeah so they're really trying you know if you call them and you need balls like hey my program we're we, we losing balls we can't afford it they'll, they'll literally send you balls my program we asked them myself I'm like we just got a bunch of new kids and we don't have sticks can you send us any sticks and the guy's gonna send us some sticks I don't know how much but he's gonna, he's, they're gonna they're gonna help and so, free sticks or free sticks man yeah and they they also uh, you know we're, we're having we're, we're having some small issues with our uh, with our youth league right now and so he came in. uh he came and gave us some good ideas, um, some representations of what other programs around the uh, around the nation is doing. Yeah. He, this guy works in Georgia, Lou, he coaches in Georgia, so he gave us a lot of Georgia um, influence there. And yeah, I've,
0: I've heard reference, not to interrupt you, but oh, you I, I, I've, I've heard reference to, in the discussion around sanctioning the sport here in Texas and UIL and THSLL, I've heard reference to the Georgia model. Mm-hmm. And I heard reference to that specifically as it relates to coaching, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the concern here, my concern, uh, I think other people share it here in Texas is as soon as it becomes a sanctioned sport, I'm out of work, you're out of work, right? The, yeah. the, the All the, all these coaches that we have, right, w- we lose that resource and we're way short on coaches and officials, yeah. right? So as part of that discussion, I was talking with somebody from U.S. lacrosse at one point recently, and they made a reference to the Georgia model, mm. As it relates to coaching. Do you know what that is?
1: I don't. he, okay. but he, he was talking about that, that what you were talking about. Hey, I'm, I'm a coach who's making full-time money. We're building the program. We're doing everything. All of a sudden, it becomes UIL. And now I get a district pay, which is maybe like a fourth of what I was making. You know, just for a random example. You right. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, I don't want that job. All of a sudden, you're telling me that I have to teach now on top of coaching, right. which is another big thing. You know, and he said that happened in Georgia. And uh, it, so they had to deal took with a it somehow. While to assimilate to that you know oh, people wow. people left people and you guys came in and so that's that's another issue that we're going to have to face later on down the road yeah so
0: and here's an administrative trick uh, i don't know if it's still true or possible <laughs> steve kirk so i don't know if you know steve kirk steve kirk founded the varsity team at friendswood high school yes i do 10 12 that was in 2008 yeah we played them right a long first time ago year, right senior year, yeah. so Steve Kirk was a a, a strident believer in the UIL model Mm -hmm. for lacrosse. And he wanted everything that lacrosse did to look UIL. So when they pulled the plug and said UIL, they'd be ready to go, right? So one thing he mandated was that all the coaches were school district employees, right? Which on Mm -hmm. its face is like, oh man. Yeah, I don't know. But what he did was he became a school bus driver. (laughs) He He got his license and basically got a, a, quote, job as a school bus driver. And he would, you know, once in a blue moon, he would drive the basketball team, right, to well, Clear Lake, right, way. or something <laughs> like that. But technically, I think he was a he was a, a school district employee, right? So he was checking that box, right? Yeah, so maybe we'll all become school Ooh, bus drivers. That's
1: so awesome. <laughs> man, we're, all, we're all doing it, man. Let's do it. We can all you know, go with each other. Who's got the coolest bus? Right? Uh, yeah, I
0: like the sound of that. That's so, yeah, the, Steve Kirk, way, he was ahead of his time, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's great. I didn't know that.
0: Oh my goodness man that was a long time ago. You
1: know and I do remember them uh freshman year I'm sorry my senior year we went, we went 18 of those state championships we were really good but friends would came to us and they came on a bus and they all had the match the first year they had matching gear like a football team coming out and I remember I was like wow these guys are really uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to school assimilate here.
0: Well that was one thing that impressed me um with you guys the first time we played at was what nothing drives me crazier than teams that come out in mixed helmets yeah, and yeah. that kind of stuff it's like to some extent, you have to look the part, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so when we came out and played y'all the first time, I mean y'all were sharp, right? You had those the red helmets, I made sure, oh look good, right? I and so you know thing. you're thinking to yourself, all right, this is Taylor. I think maybe it was your, I don't know if that was your first year there. It may have been your first yeah, year. The Sixteen when D three. It may have, it may have been we scrimmaged y'all. I think yeah, maybe I mean, that yeah, year yeah. or something. But so I was, and I, I remember thinking, man, yeah, at, at look, least they looked the part, you right? With Wilkie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was the, I so I was, I was the. The president of Sidewoods. I started oh, the Sidewoods. Yeah, right. He was he was on the coaching staff. I was just the knucklehead administrator. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. We, we, had, we, had, yeah we lost that game. I remember. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, so yeah, you gotta to look the part. I'd, try, I'd have the boys wearing the same socks if it was up to me. But that's just well, me. Yeah, I, I, I,
1: well We do have them wearing well game day. You know, we have them wearing the same socks. But you know, at that we've implemented a, a two year upgrade. So every two years, we're getting new helmets and jerseys. And this is this is a year for us.
0: So the. The helmets and jerseys—does does the team own and manage those, or are, is that just, you know, the players know? Hey, next year is the year we refresh, and I'm going to have to invest in a new helmet and a new.
1: Yeah, one. so they'll they'll have to invest in a new helmet, and, and gotcha. but I, I do a really good job of doing team sales. I work with Lacrosse Unlimited, so I get you know massive discounts. Free and, free plug for Lacrosse Unlimited. Yeah, exactly, which is great. You know, <laughs> it helps them wake up in the morning, and, you know, and, and do something, you know. So, uh, um, but no, that's and it's part of. Uh, I think that's I think that's actually important. You know, just like you said, you got you got to look the part, right? You yeah, know, so yeah. Like, like every two years, we're getting the top-notch stuff. Right. You know, maybe not, not so much the jerseys, not getting the Nike, sublim supplemental stuff. He, but
0: but, but it, it's just at least it's the same helmet, you know. Yeah. The same uniforms. It's it's not a hodgepodge because that, that drives me crazy. It does. Me too. Me yeah. too.
1: You know, if you wanna if you wanna you know be serious, you gotta you gotta look the part too. You know, and and you know we're trying to we're trying to catch up to Dallas across, you know, and so they, you know, you go to Highland Park and. There's not one kid who's mismatched at all, you know. Right. So Their
0: shooters are the same, and the socks yeah, are the yeah. same. it just looks
1: good, you know. And I think the, key, you know, what kid doesn't like lacrosse wag, you know? So when I'm like, hey, new helmets, and they're like, whoa, let's go Chrome! <laughs> 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 so we're doing Chrome this year. Like, you know, oh, right? really? Yeah, we're doing the Chrome <laughs> red. Ones. Oh, that's cool. For good things and bad things, but I'm like, whatever. Another two years, we'll get another helmet. <laughs> oh, uh, that's
0: awesome. That's awesome. But a
1: big part of it too is we're gonna do uh, we'll do car washes. We'll make like a thousand dollars in car wash. And so everyone who shows up to the car wash just goes towards your helmets. So if you have uh, eight kids cool. who show up and you or just do goes. 10 kids, with $1,000, you get $100 off your helmet. You know? uh, so that's cool. We make it we make it uh, as affordable as we possibly can.
0: Yeah, that's um, you know some of the the, the literature I've seen recently Right. And you were, you earlier. You talked about the football and kind of the decline in participation in mm-hmm. football, and, and it's broader. It's in all sports, frankly, yeah, and there's a lot of reasons, it right? Is, it actually
1: is in all sports, and it, and
0: everybody's looking for you know a silver bullet. Oh, it's this. It's this. It's a whole bunch of factors, right? And here in Houston, it's probably there's probably a couple of Houston specific factors, I bet for too. Sure. Um, but the 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 cost is is interesting because the cost in Houston for high school teams varies wildly. Oh, wildly, right? right? It can be. $600 or it can be $2,500, right? Yeah. It's it's all over the map, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, trying to keep that cost down is a big thing and it's a challenge, man. And, and, a, and a great example of, of the challenge, I, I always contend you need three things for lacrosse. You need coaches, kids in a field with lights, yeah. right? Oh, and yeah. The field with lights is a big one. Um, Klein, their team, they're interesting because they actually pra- have a later practice time, right? Mm. And as a result, they leverage a field with lights. Yeah. Well, they pay for that. They pay to practice on that field with lights. And it's a huge budget item.
1: That's a huge budget item.
0: And it's just, you know, people don't think about, you know, when we're, when we're talking about the challenges lacrosse faces and you know the trajectory of that participation and just little things that UIL sports take for granted. Oh, a field with lights.
1: It's, it's incredible. Right. That's one of our biggest problems right now. So with our growth, we need more facility. Well, we don't have it. Right. So the last two years, um, Atasita Community Church has given us this field. It's like a, it's like a five, six-acre field um, behind their facility, giant parking lot. So we're like, finally, we have a field of our own. You know, they let us write it in a contract, basically. This is our field. Right. They, they're just basically giving it to us. Um, the pastor's nephew plays on my team. He's one of my starting attackers. Greatest guy ever. Um, so he basically gave us that, and for the past two years, we've been like clearing it, we've flattened it, we brought in loads of dirt. We had to pay thousands of dollars in dirt. Um, we, got the, the there, lights, we got the construction. Been there, done that. Right. Lines, we got four of those. We got the nets all the way around now, and it's kind of like our own complex. You know? But see, that goes
0: back to the what we were talking about earlier, which is that's predicated on the personal relationship, right? It is. Which it's, is tough, right? There's, there's, tough. there's no institutional support for that. It's there's like,
1: not. and again, we got really lucky. We think yeah, without yeah. this field, we again we're having to pay substantial dollars for like middle school fields or you know whatever to use. Or turning boys away. All, all that, boys all away. that
0: work you've been doing, right, to lay that foundation. At some point, whatever the resource is, whether it's fields or lights or coaches or whatever, right. You, you, you don't have capacity in one of these resources, right? And then all of a sudden you're turning boys away, right? So
1: last year we hit 100 at our youth and we capped it at 100 because we didn't have any more field space. So we literally last year in spring had to turn down 10, 15 kids so we can't play, which was the worst. because It's we, a killer. We can't, can't field any more kids. Yeah, that's but a But now, now the field's gone, now we should be able to blow up. You know, We're hoping to have you know two fields at the same time. Our girls team, our new girls team is going to be using it too. So hopefully we can keep it in shape. Hopefully the high school you know, sticks to the word and lets us use it three times a week, which would be huge. Right. You know? So, um, I, I think, I have no doubt they'll let us do that too, since we, we've, we've built that relationship after a year. So hopefully they, hopefully where, they stick to where it.
0: Where does that relationship, who's the touch point for that relationship right now? The right? touch
1: point is the athletic director.
0: Who is it on the, on the lacrosse side? On the
1: lacrosse side is me. It's you. Is me or, our or Kim, our president. And obviously we try to keep it between, you know, us two and, and one other person. Again, too many right. cooks in the kitchen is wrong. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, hey, it's we we even we even went to a uh, we even went to a meeting with them and the, these guys didn't show up our first year. When in 2016 we went to a meeting with the school and these guys didn't even show up. Like that's how much they didn't care. And then they're like, Oh sorry, my bad Sunday came up. It's like okay. <laughs> and we, and you know, you kinda of have to suck it up and be like, it's okay, we'll meet you later. Again, that unequal but, relationship, exactly, right? <laughs> okay.
0: I'm with you, man. Everything, every scenario you've described, like, it's, like it's like, that's dead on. It's something
1: we're proud of at this point. Right. Like, oh God, these guys like us. They're, they're talking to us. We're, we're getting in. You know, I can talk with the football coach. He says he likes lacrosse now. You know, he comes up to me and asks me questions. It's nice. You know, it's like, it's great. That's
0: awesome. One of the, a little bit broader view, right? So when I look, we're talking about participation and growth. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, and one thing I keep going back to, you know, you can look at all the the participation numbers and in all the sports, all the sports, they're declining, right? And lacrosse is no exception. You look at U.S. lacrosse's numbers and they're declining. Mm-hmm. But another measure I look at too is if you look out over the last 10 years and look in the THSLL South and look at that list of teams in D1, D2, and then now D3, you see very little, very few teams moving up, yeah. right? Friendswood moved up, Seven Lakes which there's some discussion about Seven Lakes moving back down right now, right? Mm-hmm. So very few teams are moving up the ladder, but you got teams that are, I mean, we, we've, I don't know if we've recreated or just started to leverage that D3 designation, but now you have teams that are actually dropping all the way down out of D2 into D3, yeah. right? So, so one thing I look at from our growth perspective is how many competitive teams, and by, by I mean, one of those definitions is that D1, right, tag, how many competitive teams are there and is that number growing? And man, in 10 years, I'm not sure it's grown.
1: I don't think it has grown. I think it's decreased, actually. Yeah. You know, you have the Williams down here, who's an absolute powerhouse. They've won City for the last 20 years. Right. No one's been able to dethrone them. Um. now nah, man, that's tough. I mean, it, it, you see more teams are dropping. You know, you have right. teams like uh, uh, Bel Air or Westside. You know, give it. they don't have the youth program and the structure yet, but those guys have been around for 25 years. Right,
0: and they're dropping out. Into that D3 category, yeah, exactly. right?
1: exactly. Like, the Division threes is for the, the, the new guys. Right. You know, and so that's, that's uh, it's tough, you know? And what,
0: I think what's happening is a lot of those schools, right, as the areas around those schools change, right, going back to the cost, right, and declining participation, as the socioeconomic character of that school changes, right, the, those participation rates decline. Mm-hmm. And then they... Bel Air, whoever it is, I mean, Bel Air used to be a good program back yeah, in the day, right? A really
1: good program, yeah.
0: And they're rebuilding it, no disrespect to what they're doing, because they're, they're working really yeah, hard at rebuilding it. Grist yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, they've they, they found themselves kind of falling down that ladder, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a bummer. And they're not the only ones. I'm not picking on them. There, there's others, too, that are, that are dropping out the I bottom think, of
1: them. I think, a big, I think a, big, uh, a big reason why that's happening, and we talked about this earlier, is the uh, consistency with coaching. So I know, yeah. I know Bel Air. I uh, work at the Lacrosse Limited down here, and the Gatliff brothers work with me. Ben Gatliff is the manager there, and he coached at Bel Air. I'm sorry, not uh, he played at Bel Air when I was playing in 2008, and they were pretty decent, but he told me they had a new coach every single year. Yeah. You cannot yeah, have structure and stability with a new coach every year. And since then, Westside has had a new coach every single year for the past 20 years, you know? And again, that goes back to who wants to who wants to – try to build a program especially on the free time if you're a coach that has a full-time job what's yeah you hit the nail
0: on the head right again going back to your situation you know you've, you've carved out a pretty nice spot right uh, yeah, I'm lucky. I mean this is your job mm-hmm. right and people like me I've, I've got a full-time gig right don't get me wrong I love coaching is my passion right that's what it I is. love doing right but the reality is I'm gonna you know pay for my kids college and feed Feed my wife. I was like, I don't have a kid, I don't have a wife, I don't
1: have a dog. I was like, like, I'm ready to recruit for you guys. I can do anything. That's very appealing. I'll sleep in the car. It doesn't (laughs) matter. That's good, you know.
0: But Uh, that's missing. So one of the one of the things I contend, and I could be way off base, and you you'll have an interesting perspective on this too. So when you play men's league, right? I contend men's league is the first place you see new faces in Houston lacrosse. Yeah. They're kids that graduated from school back east. Mm. They're coming back to town. This is their first, you know, their first spring back home. A
1: lot of good jobs here. People are moving here. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Right? So they're, they're in the energy industry. They land here, and they want to go pick up. They find the men's team, and they go play. So you, 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 Back in the day, I always felt like we found a lot of new faces in men's league. Hey, new yeah. coach? Where'd you play? Are you interested oh, yeah. in coaching? Right? Yeah. There was a really fertile ground to get find coaches. I don't know if we see a, a lot of new faces nowadays.
1: Not, not like that. Not like that. Um, you know, I think Houston LaCrosse is fortunate to have a few of these guys coach. I know St. Thomas has four, or five uh, um, Lehigh guys on their, on their. Uh, you know, Nate and all those guys right. all from Lehigh. They came down to work with with uh, Shell, I believe it was or Chevron. One yeah, and yeah, two. yeah. And so. You know, those guys are a good example of coming playing men's league, meeting somebody and getting a, a coaching job while they're there, but you don't see that, man, just like you said.
0: Well and 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 you wonder, you know, just as participation rates for youth in high school are falling, I mean, we've seen it in the last couple years in men's leagues. I mean the number of teams is dropping off, right? I think That's participation true. has dropped off. Has and true. I don't know if as it relates to men, it's specific to the Houston economy and that we're just not seeing The engineer who graduated graduated from back east coming here to work for, you know, Oil Company X or Oil Company Y, right? True.
1: Well, you don't see, it's it's strange how you don't see these, so many kids go out and play now, you know? How many kids from, you know, uh, Langen Creek this year are going to play college across or, you know, that's just this year. How many kids have gone and played college across and have not come back to play? It blows my mind. I did. I did it immediately when I came back. I'm like, yeah, what's the yeah, yeah. first men's league? I can't get enough. You know, right. but you know, we've seen the same men's league guys for years, right? Every every championship is the same guy. You know, St. Arnold. Congratulations, you guys
0: made it. It's even worse than that. You know what I'm gonna say? When box league this summer, there were two games every Sunday night, and it was just the same two teams.
1: It was H-Town versus St. Elmo's three times in a row. We had semifinals and then miles. I was like, guys. That was, that was so awesome. Yeah, that was good. Hey, we had we the shit together. Yeah,
0: that was good stuff. But yeah, I wonder if that, that decline in participation, even at the men's level, there, there's something to that, right? I mean, when I look at it, and I know, again, with you, I, I, because of your experience and, and how engaged you are, when you look at it across the spectrum, from men's league down to first grade and, and officiating, the whole spectrum, it's. I think it's suffering. I mean, that's just my opinion, and I'm looking for somebody to tell me different.
1: Well, when you when you say that, I think it's a cultural thing. I think that I think for me that right when you said from like men's league down to the little kids, it's a cultural thing. If we had U of H down here playing Division One lacrosse, I think Houston lacrosse would be exploding. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when again you see it in uh you see it in New York when I go. You know, these West Jenny high school games. it shit you not, there's thousands of people there. And they want to see Go lacrosse. And they're little kids with their sticks. And they're doing all that. Isn't that awesome? prizes going up at halftime. And college awesome. coaches everywhere, you know? Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge culture thing. It's a, like Friday Night Lights up there. Type right. Of thing. And they have local lacrosse on. their local TV. When I was a kid, I uh, had a VHS. And I, I remember, I can't remember if it was, it was a movie. It was like Tombstone <laughs> or something. And I got it and I, I recorded over it because it was Syracuse versus uh, Princeton. And I watched that same game. Because I couldn't find any other game. That for years. <laughs> that's awesome. The same game for yeah, years. Yeah. I still have it at home. And I memorized every word in that. And that's all we had, you know? Um,
0: but are we going to get... So assuming decreases in participation generally, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I think I, I still contend cases like you where you've got people who are passionate about it. You're driving participation, right? But in general, participation mm-hmm. is declining. Um, assuming that... Have we built enough of a foundation in the local across community that's going to weather that that storm? So if you go back east, right? Go. I love to watch MIA games the best. on YouTube. The oh best my gosh, yeah. you got to be kidding
1: Boys me! Like it's remote. crazy, right? It's the and, the, and and
0: and I, I I love watching those games. Those people are passionate about it. Like you said, the stands are packed. And if there was if the sport there was to take a hit with declining participation or you know some kind of financial hit, I think there's a foundation built there. Mm-hmm. That would weather it, oh, yeah. right? I'm not sure we've built that foundation here yet. That
1: foundation goes back almost a hundred years, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. For for deep, you know, how how long have we had, uh, you know, decent decent lacrosse here? It's not that long, you know. So I mean, we're not we're long, pretty long. young in the scheme yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. You know, if we if we were to take a hit, you know, I think the lacrosse community in Houston is a great community. You know, we have people like Stacy McKay who brings shootout for soldiers down here on our yep. own time. You know, we have people. We have people who do this basically full time. The Litners. The Litners. Another one, great. Just yeah, seven, yeah. seven for sevens tournament yeah. It's amazing. You know, so I think we do have a base community that, that supports Houston Lacrosse, and I think we would survive. Um, in terms of, I think the hardest part for us is is not so much the survival, but the but the growing and trying to catch up to everybody else. I think that's the hardest part.
0: Okay. All right, last topic. Man, we've been here. Cranking out some content, going? dude. <laughs> yeah, man, this is good stuff. Um, the I'm curious. The last thing I want to talk about is the GHYLA meeting you were at last yeah. night. <laughs> so I think we talked about it earlier. I held several different leaderships roles at GHYLA uh, for I think three or four years. So mm-hmm. I, I do have an interest, more than a passing interest, in GHYLA, oh, and yeah. I'm I'm familiar with the politics and the characters and everything else, right? And I know there's been a little bit of a drama over the last. Well, drama has been going on for years, quite frankly, but over the last couple months, right? Yeah. I think it's really been exacerbated. I'm curious what what's the latest from GHYLA.
1: Well, it was actually uh, it was actually <clears throat> refreshing. This was this was my second and third meeting I ever attended. Uh, I went a few years back just just to see what it was about, but it's very positive. Only there's only one guy from the previous board there, and I, I forget I forget who it was, but uh, he was the treasurer. Um, you know, they talked about a lot of drama and how how uh, Excuse me. How uh, how how good it is for uh for there to be new people and new faces and not know what happened previous. And I heard it was just a bunch of drama. You know, and we'll get into that, that later. But <laughs> um you know, there's there's a lot of positive vibes and the whole the whole you know, everyone's everyone's excited and trying to do whatever they can to not not necessarily help it grow, which we want to do with the middle school, but just to be uh, be structured and everyone
0: on the same page. Well I think that's the key for me is fundamental fundamentally is is federation, right? And and, and disagree. If, I, I encourage you to disagree if you disagree, but I, I think it's just a, a it's a federation of teams, and it's really about scheduling games, organizing playoffs, and making sure everybody has officials, right? And and adopting rules, which yeah. I think everyone would agree should be U.S. lacrosse rules, okay. right? Um, so I think fundamentally it's pretty simple, man. If, if, if you can get you know, the, the parents and all the other interests out of it, right, and just boil it down to those three or four things, it seems easy, right?
1: Well, and they're making some uh, interesting discussions uh, last night too. They're talking about, hey, this, this is a rec league. We're, we're, if you want to go and compete, with, you know, the best, you want to be the best cross player in the world, you want to spend all the money and go play select ball, guess what, Houston lacrosse has that, we have a ton of right. select positions for that, but right now we should be concentrating on the kids having fun, more kids joining, yeah, and, yeah. and building your program, so this is a rec thing, so, you know, you come to Houston, this guy this guy talked about it, he's, he's from Maryland, I forget his name too, but he, uh, he talked about how Maryland, you basically, the, he has a league, a youth league there where you show up, and the league basically gives you a penny. Says, hey, you're, you're either black today or you're orange. Is that
0: um? So Matt Wagner out at Sidewoods Woods grew yeah. up in Maryland, and he used to refer to this thing called HOKO.
1: That yeah, he was. Is, that, about is hoko that what about? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's, like uh, it's just like rec. rec yeah, yeah. who cares if you want to lose? You're I showing should. up and playing. You're going to learn the sport. It's you get picked with different people. You know, not from your own team, whatever. Right. And you and you have everyone has different schedules and stuff. But I, I'm thinking the same thing. He said it was so surprising how when he came down here. He's meeting the Cypher little kids, and they're like, "Yeah, we gotta kill Katie this year. You know, we gotta beat him up. You know." And it's like, and he's like, "Wow, why, why can't we just play?" Like, you know?
0: hopefully, as part of that, uh, what you just described and what he relayed to you at the meeting was the key component too is is send the parents away. Just go away, mom and dad, That's please. <laughs> so why not
1: have you know, if you're in the GHLA, register, and you know, it, it even saves costs instead of each team you know, buying your own pennies and stuff.
0: Yeah, but the, but the challenge there is, and I'm, I'm with you 100%, right? Because I, I look at Little League Baseball, mm-hmm. right? And so back in the day, we lived in Friendswood, Friendswood Little League, very organized, pretty well-run organization. And what was great was there was a lot of kids in a small geographic area, so you could have a big tryout, have a draft, right? After the draft, you could trade so all your friends, all your kids' best friends are on your team, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then play, and the, the league provided the fields in a central location, they provided the coaches, right? All that. The, the challenge with GHYLA is, I mean, how big is Houston? How it's, many, it's I mean, my, you know, driving from one side to the other, I don't even know how many miles, right? Mm-hmm. It's huge. So it's so geographically distributed, and the kids are so dispersed, it's hard to have one central league, right? It, is. it would be perfect, though, right?
1: It would. I, but I think, I think, I, I think we can do it. You know, the way they are talking about it, I think it's, I think it's realistic. And I think it's easier. I, th- I do. I think, uh, you know, hey, GHYLA, you get, you, you, you order, you know, how many pennies, the same color, and you show up and hey, this, this team, you guys are white, this team, you guys are gray, um, whatever, you know, whatever it is, and, uh, and you guys just play, you know, you want to make a championship later on, I don't know, you know.
0: The key there is going to be the coaching, though. You're going to have to get good coaches who want to buy in and make it and worthwhile, right? That, that's
1: something that that Houston Lacrosse needs. We need coaches, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. Even in my program, I got I have four coaches right now for 150 kids, something like that. It's it's ridiculous. And there's you know who wants to come out to Tascasida after after work every day and coach, you know, and they go with the little kids after and tell you to get back to home at. That'd be a
0: pretty good drive. You know, I'll be busy, I'll be busy
1: this year, it's for sure. But you know, I think. Uh, I think that's given me a huge part of the growth is finding, you know, again, you, uh, you keep using New York as an example, they have legends coaching uh, kindergartners, right. and by the time they're in fourth and fifth grade, some of these kids are raw, just ridiculous, you know, and, you know, it's, it's us, we're trying, but we got a bunch of dads, mainly, right. mainly right. especially with the new programs, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, what, what, what can you do? You, you try your best to teach them, you know, the, the, the dads try, but they just don't know the correct way to do things, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah um, for sure. And that's another big thing, you know. I hope, I hope Major Lacrosse comes down here, eventually. You know, he's talking about the PLL. How they're talking about uh, Lou again, the US Lacrosse guy, is talking about coming down to Houston. He's he's trying to push him to come down to Houston. It's like we need something.
0: Well, that was such a shot in the arm a few years ago when they had the the, the All Star game here.
1: I, I thought I, I, it was a I, huge I, shot in the arm. I went to Denver and I bought tickets just to support it. Yeah, it was. It was, I, I it was
0: well attended. It, it it was a huge shot in the arm for the lacrosse community. That was awesome. That was. You know, I, I look back on that and I wonder if my, man, wasn't, was that the pinnacle? <laughs> I know, that, that's the same
1: year I, I think, uh, it was the same year I went to tryouts and made it with Denver. And I was just hoping that they brought it so I could be the local guy. <laughs> wow, I was so, so You could be the,
0: the, the obligatory local flavor on the team. Yeah, <laughs> so, I
1: love it, you know. Well, you know, a big, a big reason why I didn't make that active roster is I didn't live in Denver. You know, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. they didn't want to fly Yeah, me the expense, it. right. The expense, and I totally got it. You know, yeah. I went back. I went back next year, I made it, and I was like, whoa. Well, and they're like, whoa, well, you moving to Denver? And I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> my, my high school team's going to state playoffs. I can't bail, you know, so. Uh,
0: what what happened to them in the state playoffs that year?
1: Uh, we lost first round.
0: To who? We lost to, was it you? Was it Ma- you? I think it was me. Yeah, so you, that was the first year? Oh, my God, you had to. dude. I had to. Uh, it's all coming back, bro. Yeah, okay, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, that was awesome. Um, I think we covered... I know I, I sent you those questions and nice. questions are great, but man, we rolled through that. That was awesome. Um, is there anything you want to wrap up with? You want to put in a big plug for, for your Eagles? Is, is you got anything going on out of the tax coming up sometime soon?
1: Uh, no, man, we, uh, man, we just, uh, we're looking forward to a good year, you know, shout out to Eagles we're coming, you know, it's our fifth year, our fifth year as a varsity program. So hopefully we can do some big things. Um, you know, it's it's good. You know, I got some boys who are uh, who are going to college, who are getting college looks. I'm getting phone calls from D1 guys right now, and what's great about this program is that we're seeing. I got little kids, like this kid named Tj. Fifth grade, and he's looking up to Buka, our big attack man. He's getting all these phone calls, and Bryce, you know, and yeah. you can see the fire in this kid's eyes.
0: Those, those high school kids are rock stars. These young kids, well, man. The,
1: the best part, though, the, the, yeah, the young kids that now they're eating it up. Now I'm seeing the desire from these little kids, and that's the type of culture you know that I yeah, yeah, wanted yeah. to bring there. So it's, it's it's working. You know, I see that with your program too, Magnolia, man. All the football kids are playing. You know, you you're one of the programs like ours that's actually I think that's actually grown right now, right?
0: Yeah, we had a huge graduating class last year. Yeah, you did a good one. Oh, Thank man, God. I'm, I'm going to miss some of those boys.
1: I'm, not, I'm not <laughs> They're good, man. Eh? They're really oh good. Oh, my
0: gosh, that group of boys, especially those defensive players for the last two years.
1: They're fantastic. I mean, but you guys, so much doing, fun. you guys are doing well, yeah, bit, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the same thing. And so you guys got, like, a nice culture going over there, and I think it's a lot. It starts with you coaches. It truly
0: does. Yep, yeah. yep. Well, and we have resources, right? So we, we, we talked earlier about fields with lights, how important that is. It is. Oh, we've got fields with lights. Yeah. man. And you, you have no idea, because that, that frees up your ability to go get coaches. It sure does. Right? Because if you're coaching immediately after school, you think you're going to get that guy working out at BP who played back east, who's mm-hmm. got some coaching experience, who works till five? No. Yeah.
1: You're not going to get him. Well, right? you know, you know, the, you know, people who are listening or coaching and need help U.S. Across is huge. Reach, yeah. Just reach out to them.
0: Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's that's really good news. I I, I I knew they were available, but I didn't know what kind of impact they were really having firsthand. Mm-hmm. So I think that was awesome. That was awesome you news. You call
1: them and you say, hey, this is the only field we have, but we can't afford the lights. The guy said it will pay for lights. They'll do anything they can to help you grow your program a awesome. reasonable. Yeah, he yeah. kept saying, I'm not Bank of America or whatever it is, but you know, they, they, they help as much as they can. So you know, I encourage anyone, you know, with the new program, it's all you gotta do. Last year we we're the only people in Houston to utilize it. We had balls, we had goals. Wow. We got uh, they, they paid for some of our lights, they did everything. <clears throat> they had a storage unit down here and they're like, hey we're leaving stuff behind, go take it. And so we had like free sticks and stuff. But no one else, not a single other team called about any of that. So we had this big old budget out of US Cross. That's so all you got to do is give
0: them need to get, sneak in there and you all need to get competitive with the Itasca organization. So we can take it all. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, hey, that's... thank you so much for coming, man. Yeah,
0: that was awesome. I Very, appreciate, really it. appreciate it. Man. Thank you. Yeah.